Cleveland's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Rangers lead the Senators 1-0 early in the second period. Late in the first, well, about five minutes left. Predators up 1-0 on the Islanders. One other game still to come starts, well, right away. Blue Jackets at the Jets. Jets having a pretty good season. They are 14-6-1. and one. Basketball tonight, not a good first quarter for the Raptors. Minute 28 to go in the first. Brooklyn leading the Raps 35-17. My goodness, that's over twice as many points. The Oilers play tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens. You know we got it on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show is at 3.30, and the puck will drop at 5. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right in here to the off-topic topic because there's plenty to talk about with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, certainly, uh, goaltending in Jack Campbell has been, well, it's been a topic for most of the season, but Campbell kind of continues to uh, really find a groove, and we'll look at some numbers. I also want to talk a bit about the penalty killing, which has improved, but it still isn't very good. I, I want to, I, I broke it down kind of with a couple of percentages, so we'll get into that as we move along tonight. But the Montreal Canadiens are coming tomorrow. And the Montreal Canadiens, the most successful franchise in NHL history, though they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1993. No team in Canada has. They, that's a long time ago. Uh, but, and it might be a little different than it was before in, a, in the 21-team NHL. Um, but, you know, you go to the games at Rogers Place and there are usually a lot of Canadians fans. And I think some Oilers fans, you know, don't care. Some of them think it's great. And some of you probably think I'm just sick of other teams' uh, fans in the building. Or it's like I, I know my buddy and he cheers for the Oilers, you know, 80 games a year. But the two games they play, play for the Canadians, he's, he cheers for the Canadians or he's got split loyalties or whatever. Certainly, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are generally not a popular team in this part of the world. So I'm going to ask you this for the off-topic topic. Which fan base do you find the most annoying and why? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you are calling, it's the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Which fan base do you find the most annoying? It doesn't have to be an NHL fan base, though I'm guessing that's going to be most of the replies. But please tell me and why. Like, don't just text in Winnipeg. Okay. Give me give me some details or a personal story of a of a fan from that team that you know annoyed you and, and and what happened you got to have a little bit of a why along with it i think that's a nice topic for a cold friday night to warm your heart which fan base do you find the most annoying Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. all right so here's the uh here's the deal with the Oilers. they did not practice today morning skate tomorrow early game well earlier than eight o'clock against the uh montreal canadians tomorrow night here's what's going on uh with jack campbell breaking down the numbers and i did this I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, where he ranked amongst goalies in the NHL. And I also did that, did this for Stuart Skinner. And, and right now, to qualify for one of the goaltending stats, 
through NHL.com, through the official NHL stats, you have to have played in seven games as a goaltender. So, you know, if you're a goalie that went in in relief and played 10 minutes and stopped uh, three shots out of three, you, they don't say you're the leader in save percentage because you didn't play enough. So if the number of goalies who qualify to be placed on the goalie leaderboard is 62, which oddly enough actually turns out to two per team. When I did this a while ago, I think it was 55. So 62 goalies have uh, played enough to qualify for save percentage and goals against stats. Uh, it's not great for Jack Campbell. He's 60th out of 62 in save percentage at 872. Stuart Skinner, pretty respectable. Uh, his save percentage is 19th at 914. We remember earlier in the season, he was, you know, up 950 and 940s and 930s. It's come down a little bit, which I, I think you would have expected. I don't think there's anything wrong with Skinner being 914. I think you would have taken that earlier in the season. Then you go to goals against average. So out of the 62 goaltenders, once again, Jack Campbell is 60th with a 4.12 goals against average. Stuart Skinner, right in the middle, 31st goals against average with 2.91. So if you kind of combined Skinner's stat, like if you give him an average of the, the 19 and the 31, okay, 24, 25. So Skinner is actually performing, if you just look at those stats, uh, like kind of a, a lower-end starting goaltender. You know, like maybe a, a, a Tier 3 starting goaltender. If you say there's, you know, just a small number of guys, like 6 to 8, that are absolutely elite goaltenders, and then there's, you know, maybe goaltenders 9 through 20, well, okay, you'd put Skinner maybe just outside that group. Campbell, let's face it, he's performing like a poor backup goaltender, if you just look at those stats. 60th in the NHL uh, out of 62 in both save percentage and goals against average. At the end of October, I said I was optimistic about Campbell going into November because I looked at his stats uh, from other years in the league, and, and specifically the last two in uh, Toronto. Well, I guess last year in Toronto, because there was no, there weren't games in November during that 56-game season. But other Novembers, and generally November was one of his best months. I, I think overall, if you looked at all the Novembers he had, it was his best month of the year. Well, it wasn't because he had an 863 save percentage and a 4.17 goals against average. And then into December, he took the loss last night and gave up five. So my, uh, my optimism and my hope was not well-placed in that case. Now, here's the thing. What do you do? What do you do? I'm just going to get into this clip here from Elliot Friedman with Sportsnet, who was on with Stoff earlier today, Oilers Now, noon to two every weekday here on 6.30, Chad. Here's what Elliot Friedman had to say about Campbell's struggles. I almost wonder if they have to tell Campbell, look, like, we'll, you, you can't talk to the media for a while. Like you're taking a timeout. We know you want to be accountable. Uh, we, we know you want to answer the questions, and that's what you should do. But we don't know if this is helping. Now, I admit it's counterintuitive for me to say that. I don't really like the fact I'm saying it. I know there'll be other reporters who won't like that I'm saying it. But I'm just looking at it purely from a how do we fix Jack Campbell kind of question. And I just wonder if one of the things they have to do is say, Jack, stop beating yourself up. 
and just worry about your performance on the ice. You know, the other thing I was wondering, and, and Bob, like I haven't talked to the others about this. This is just purely my own thinking. Is I looked at what happened with Cal Peterson the other day in, in L.A., and they sent him down to the American Hockey League, and he's going to play. I don't know. Like, I, like I wonder if the do the Oilers look at that and say, maybe we should try that. Yeah. And it's it's not like look if he goes on like if 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 this is just me thinking out loud. If he goes on waivers, he's going to clear, and maybe that's what you do. I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm looking at ideas for how can you fix this. Yeah, I, I personally don't think the Oilers would put him on waivers and send him to the minors. I, well, like, what if he goes to the minors and doesn't play well in the AHL? Then w- what would that do for his confidence? We know about Jack Campbell from not just seeing him, hearing him talk. The, you know, the story with people I talked to, and you, you, you heard Kelly say it on the show and a couple other people leading up to the season, that the knock against Campbell is that he's really hard on himself. I, I thought that was interesting what Elliot put forward. I, again, I wouldn't send him to the minors. He probably wouldn't get claimed at $5 million. But I think you have to keep playing him. Right now, Skinner is the better goalie. I'm sure Skinner starts tomorrow. It's probably going to be kind of a game-by-game basis, but if it's if it's you're really not sure who to start, right now you have to lean towards Stuart Skinner. It's a performance-based business. I remain optimistic that Jack Campbell can be a pretty good goalie. I mean, why, why wouldn't I be? I mean, he has proven it in the past. Uh, it's too bad it's taken him this long and and he hasn't found really his form yet and he has had some good games let's be fair but still on on the whole it's it's been underwhelming um interesting what Friedman said about not doing interviews I think that's probably a good idea I did look back through my uh files that I have for the month of November because I'm I'm often at uh Rogers Place in media scrums doing interviews and then when they're on the road I, I have access to all the tape that's available and no it's not actual tape everybody but you know what I'm saying he, he spoke to the media three times between November 5th and today. And on November 5th was the game against the Dallas Stars in which he called his performance pathetic. Uh, he did an interview uh, kind of when he had that stretch of whatever it was, 11 or 12 days when he wasn't playing, and he talked about working to get it back into shape, and, and he did something uh, on the road when they were going through the New York road trip. So it's, it's not as if he's speaking, you know, two or three times a week like McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, often do. But that might be, a, I'm being counterproductive here because I'm a person who I, I need to talk to people and do interviews. It helps me do my job. But yeah, but maybe the orders just say, you know, Jack's off limits uh, regardless, you know, unless he gets a shutout or, or does something really spectacular. I don't know. Uh, you can let me know what you would do. 780-496-0063. We have an old friend standing by on the line when we get back to Inside Sports. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Jeff Merrick coming up between 6.30 and 7 tonight. Always fun to catch up with him. Well, my goodness, on the Certainteed Hotline, a gentleman who was voted the most handsome man in central Alberta in 1987. It's way too long since he's used the open line for this show. Serious Gord is checking in. Oh, my goodness, Gord. What's going on? I'm flattered at your enthusiasm, my friend. (laughs) You're calling the show. You called Stoff's show earlier today, and I was all hurt. So thank you for unhurting me. No, and you know what? And and I'm not going to lie. I did feel bad that I called him first. You can tell about that. (laughs) 
Um, so you've always been in my corner, and so has Bob, to be frank. I, I have great respect for uh, both of you for uh, your tolerance in my in my uh, bloviating. Well, I, li- um, I I generally enjoy your calls. Like there are are some things we agree on fiercely. There are definitely some points of view. Uh, we don't share, but that's to me. That's what makes it fun because you ne- you never make it uh, personal. I think we both have an understanding that at the no, end of the day, absolutely. sports is so let, sports is a bit lay, of a distraction. For sure. Let me lay some wisdom on you because now that I got the chance. Okay. A few weeks ago, no, no, not my wisdom. Somebody else's, and it, it, it was profound. And I think you'll agree once I say it. Okay. Um, no, I'm serious. So. Uh, uh, I heard it on a podcast or somewhere, and this this person said, the closest point between two people is laughter. And I don't know if you agree, but when you got somebody else on the other side of the line laughing with you, that's as close as you're going to get, right? If you, you get my point there, Reed, I know it sounds goofy to say that, but you messaged me about wanting me to be jovial and 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 and, and but but it is true right if you got people laughing they're engaged with you right they're 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 on the same wavelength as you are so take it in that light but um i just wanted to say uh uh talk about gary bettman if i could because i think that there's there are a few people in the sports world who are more maligned uh unfairly than uh, Gary Bettman. Um, I was watching, I, I got a great opportunity of some very great friends in, in Alberta who caught me some tickets for my son, who's a huge Calgary or Carolina Hurricanes fan, to see the Hurricanes both in Edmonton and the next night in Calgary. And a shout out to Garrett and Steve for doing that. I, I'm forever in their debt. Um, but as I'm watching the games in both cities, what struck me was. These games don't happen without the role and the participation and this doggedness of Gary Bettman. And on top of that, the number of Albertans who understand how important uh, uh, Gary Bettman is to Alberta professional hockey is, is a scandal. And, 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 and I, 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 you know, uh, Reed. If you wanted a lawyer in your corner, you've done something terrible. I'll tell you right now, the guy you want in your corner is Gary Bettman. Would you not agree? Well, here's what I'm going to say, and I I actually agree with you. I I think he is unfairly maligned. I I think part of it is sometimes people just like to go after authority figures and they maybe focus on the decisions he made that maybe don't turn out. But I've said this before, and I assume you have heard the – I want to say three, maybe four occasions I've been able to go one-on-one with Gary, including last season. He is an absolute spin master. Not a spin master, because that makes it sound like it's dishonest, because I don't think he's dishonest. He's a master of controlling the message. And and so I I said to him, you know, I said, look, I saw the drawings of the arena in Arizona. That's not an NHL rink. And he shrugs, and he goes, like we were in Studio 99, and he shrugs, and he goes, yeah, it's temporary. Like, yeah. so, he, so he doesn't focus on the five years of embarrassment, right? Yeah. <laughs> he says, not temporary. And he brushes you off, right? or 20 now. Uh, Arizona's been a, 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 a canker on, uh, on, on the NHL for many, many years, yet he persists. But, Reed, 
is there a greater commit? I, I will argue in my lifetime, there has never been with the potential argument of, uh, of Bart Giamatti, never been a greater commissioner of a professional sport in North America than Gary Bettman. And well, I think Stern had, was pretty good. Stern was good. But guess and guess who worked for Stern? Yes, Bettman, of course. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, I think, uh, and, and I literally—I'm not kidding. I've literally semi-drafted, and I hope to send and have the guts to a le- love letter to Gary Bettman, thanking him for all his work. As I suspect, he will be retiring in the next couple of years. I think he's been an enormous force. But anybody who's listening to my voice right now, God help them for doing that. But anybody's listening to my voice, if you're an Oilers fan, the number one person you thank for that happening and then you get to go and watch them and Connor McDavid skates around the ice on Saturday night, it is Gary Bettman that put that person there. And and I think it's a great tragedy. Now, I want a footnote before I go. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be quick. We're in the last minute. Stop break. I get it. I get it. Um, he is not immune from pettiness. There is the famous situation where the refs went on strike and he took their names off the back of their jerseys yeah. as punishment. And I think if next time you talk to him, because certainly you'll talk to him before I will, I would urge him, can you just, you know, as a gesture on your way out, let the rest put their names in the back, because I need to know the name of the guy that I hate. Right? <laughs> I need to know when I'm enraging, I want to know who that is. Because awesome. they're an elemental part of the game. Quickly, right? most annoying fan base. What fan base annoys you the most? Boy, Edmonton's right up there, my friend. Right but up there. You cheer for there. Edmonton. But uh, listen, everybody's <laughs> shouting soup like crazy when they're playing Carolina, and now they want to waver the next week. Like it's okay. pathetic. Okay, we got to go, Gord. Thank you. Thanks, buddy.